Chad Sim, and this is Brussling Unlimited, as it's Monday, and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw, and I thought tonight's Monday Night Raw was actually a really good show, started off strong, not with like the Naya stuff, but once that flushed out, and we got the Judgment Day promo with Rhea, that was fan-freaking-tastic, had some good stuff in the middle of the show, had a banger of a main event, maybe the best match of the last couple of days, because I think the best match of the weekend was Carmella Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. Like, that was the best match for me of the weekend, which, as I stated on my No Mercy review, was better on television than it was live in the building. Because, like I stated, if you guys didn't hear any of that, so I'm watching Ilya Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes live in the building, and it's good. Crowd wasn't fully into it early because they were still kind of dead from not liking the British Rules Heritage Cup match. But anyways, match itself comes off, and I go, okay, Great American Bash match was better. But then I rewatched it on TV, and I go, no, this was better than the Great American Bash match. So I don't know what it was live that it didn't seem as good. Still seemed fantastic and better than anything all weekend. But then watching it on TV, it felt so much better. So I don't know if that match or this match with Gunter and Ciampa was better. Like, Zack Sabre Jr., Brian Danielson's right there as well. But these two may be just slightly above that for me. And yeah, everything else I thought was pretty good on Raw. A couple, you know, you're going to always have your kind of down moments on every show. It doesn't really matter what show you're watching. But I, overall, really enjoyed tonight's Raw. Luke, over this way, what did you think of tonight's Monday Night Raw? That was a good show. It started off strong. It ended strong. We got some stuff for Fastlane as well, which we'll talk about later. But overall, that was a very productive show that brought on some really good matches. I want to talk about something right off the jump. Give me one second. Okay, so I want to talk about something right off the jump. This whole thing with Jey Uso has already been messed up. Just going to say it. Because Jey Uso is supposed to be coming to Monday Night Raw to get this big singles push. Be a singles wrestler and do all the... A, why is he going to be on SmackDown Friday? Because Cody said they're coming to SmackDown if Judgment Day is coming to SmackDown. And B, if he's supposed to be getting a singles push, why is he? Why is his first big match of his singles push for the tag titles? Like That just doesn't make sense to me. And it seems a little back-ass word. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying, you know. Because his whole thing is, like, main event Jey Uso, like, singles guy. And now he's just back to, like, being a tag team. And this time it's with Cody. But I think maybe after this he can start doing some singles stuff. But it's just kind of so. like... How are we as fans supposed to see him as this big single star if they're just already doing tag team titles with him? Like, it's like, oh, we want you to see him as a big star by himself, but remember, he's still a tag guy. So, eh, I'm not a big fan of it. I will say, though, I will say, though, like I said on on the SmackDown review, Jay is the better Uso. I can't freaking stand Jimmy Uso. He just goddamn sucks. Well, as far as, like, Jay team with Cody, I mean, I'm sure this won't be, like, a full-time thing. I'm sure right. this is just a one-time thing for Fastlane, and then they can just, like, go back to him being a singles guy, and maybe they can start doing, like, a feud with, like, maybe him versus Finn, maybe, or him versus Dom. 
Well, we got to get like a, well, no, I was going to say him versus Drew, but we already kind of got the, technically got the match. I was that him versus Drew feud would kind of make sense. I don't know. I'd say maybe at the Saudi pay-per-view, they'll probably do like him, him in a singles match with somebody from Judgment Day, and then they'll... Yeah. They're going to do that, and then they're going to probably do war games with Judgment Day versus KO, Sammy, Cody, and Jay. They got to keep stretching, because they got two whole months. Yeah, all of this month, and all the way to the end of next month. He's like the 27th or something of November. Like, they've got a long time still. No, it's 25th of November. I mean, you could easily stretch it. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you can. But can you stretch it enough to where fans are still going to care in two months? I'm sure you can because, like, I'm sure a lot of fans already know that, like, oh, this is eventually going to lead to war games. So it's like, that's the assumption. So it's going to lead, lead to something than just like a reg, let's say like a regular match. Right. So as long as it like leads to like something big, maybe like something like a war games, then fans will actually care. True. But before we get into all that, I gotta say thank you guys for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tier subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you can, can get Prime Gaming and subscribe to this channel, our channel, any channel with your free Prime Gaming subscription. And don't forget doesn't have to just be your Amazon Prime account. It can be anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether it's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle. You take that Amazon Prime. You take that Twitch Prime. You link them together. Bada bing, bada boom. You're Prime Gaming. Also, remember, head over to YouTube. Hit that Join button and become a channel member. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Do you like Mario Kart? Do you like Disney? How about you merge those two together? It's called Disney Speedstorm, and you can get it for free on the Epic Game Store. It's free to play, and when you download it, use this code right here, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout, and then you'll be over there racing as Buzz Lightyear. Stitch, Mike Wazowski, Jesse, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Daisy. Heck, we just got Aladdin, Jasmine, Jafar, and the Genie. Go play Disney Speedstorm, and when you do, download it from the Epic Game Store if you're playing it on PC, and use this code right here to support us at no extra cost to you. But as far as Monday Night Raw does go, let's jump back over here. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Grab my notes. Why is it not wanting to? Uh, someone in the YouTube chat said, said what happened to the Wrestle Dream review. I don't think he's done it yet, because I don't think he watched... So we're not doing Wrestle Dream yet. Just gonna say right now, it's not gonna be a Wrestle Dream review because I wasn't able to watch the whole show and haven't had time to watch it, and it's already too late now. I ain't doing a Wrestle Dream review two days later. So because if I'm gonna be able to do it, it's not gonna be till tomorrow, and then it's gonna be way too long, way too late. So unfortunately, there's not gonna be a Wrestle Dream, um, a Wrestle Dream review. I do apologize for that though. 
Um, give me one second. Also, guys, if you're going to the Epic Game Store to buy something, WrestleQuest is on sale. Remember, PW Unlimited is featured in WrestleQuest. Right now, the game is 30% off. So go over to um, the Epic Game Store, buy that game, and use code PW Unlimited at checkout. As far as Raw does go, we come on the air, and immediately when we come on the air, there's fighting. It's Naya. It's Shayna. They're in the middle of a brawl, in the middle of the, sta on the stage, and there's people trying to break them up. Eventually, Naya's beating Shayna's butt. Naya's just beating her down, and they get into the ring, and out comes Raquel Rodriguez. Raquel runs down. She starts taking it to, to Naya, but Jax attacks her. Jax gets the better of her before Rhea Ripley runs down and hammers away on Nia as the crowd cheers. A big brawl breaks out and a million security come down to break it up as Ripley gives one of the security a riptide and the crowd is chanting, Mommy, 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 Mommy. As they were chanting on Saturday night as well. Where, where, or yeah, I think they were chanting like, Where is Mommy? Where, or something like that. They were chanting for, for Rhea during the Dom match in No Mercy. Anyways, things eventually settle down. And Rhea cuts a promo calling out Judgment Day saying, we need to talk. While we wait for Judgment Day to come out, the announcers run down the card for the rest of the show. And out comes Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Dom, not looking happy. Dom looking scared with the, with the Women's World Championship around his waist. So we go to commercial break and we come back. We come back and oh boy, is Rhea Ripley just the greatest. Rhea Ripley, she might surpass Becky Lynch as the best female wrestler right now. She's good in the ring. She's amazing on the mic. Like, I don't know. Rhea's got it all. I'm going to say that right now. So Dom gives her her belt. And Ripley was already mid-sentence when they came back. And is it just me? Or does she look like bigger and more jacked every week? No, she definitely looks bigger. I mean, especially like we haven't seen her in two weeks. So she comes back this week, and I'm like, oh, damn. Well, her and Buddy Matthews, you know, they post a lot of workout content together. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I've seen that. And like Buddy Matthews, he looks huge. So, right. So, Rhea said that, you know, there's no real leader in the Judgment Day. But when I was gone for the last two weeks, I did leave somebody in charge to kind of look over things. Basically, Rhea just said, I'm the leader, without saying I'm the leader. But she then looks at Dom and then whoo, right over to Damien. So what happened? And she said, I left responsibilities to you. Ripley said that the brawl last week led to Finn getting injured. And now Priest... Also, uncleared to compete tonight, not being able to fight Jey Uso. She said on top of that, Dom lost the North American Championship to Trick Williams. And as she says Trick Williams, surprise to me, the whole crowd pops. So that is good for Trick, because the thought is always, when we bring somebody up from NXT, are they going to know on the main roster who they are? Are the main roster Raw and SmackDown fans going to know who these NXT wrestlers are? And when they popped, when she said Trick Williams, that was a very, very good sign for Trick. So I think what really helped Trick was like Booker T helping him like getting oh, so yeah. over like in commentary. That's what's right. helping him. 
like social media was going like nuts when like when like Trick Williams would do his interests and like and like Booker T was like singing along. Well, because the crowd, would, yeah, because the crowd goes whoop that trick, whoop that trick, and in between it would be like whoop that trick, and Booker would go yeah, and then whoop that trick, uh huh, whoop that trick, let's go, like yeah, freaking freaking um um. Wade Barrett tried to do it tonight on commentary. It it wasn't the same. Anyways. Yeah, my goal is like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, Cole, do you not watch NXT? I thought you helped the NXT announcers. Anyways, they, he used to at least. Anyways. Uh Priest. Because he wasn't there, like she wasn't there. She wasn't there to help him. Ripley said also said the priest and Balor's tag team titles are in danger. From two men named Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes. And they're coming for him. Priest then told Ripley, with all due respect, he knew all of this already. This is not new news. Priest said that he was taking care of his own business. He still got his title and his briefcase. So uh, where's Dom Dom's title? And Rhea literally just, whoo, right in Dom's face. And the crowd, where's your title? Where's your title? Ripley told Dom, that uh, tomorrow night on NXT, you're going to be there. And you're going to get a rematch against Trick Williams. And you're going to bring the NXT title home. But if you don't bring the NXT title home, don't come home either. And I'm like, oh, buddy. Jesus Christ. And then out comes Jey Uso. Jey Uso makes his way to the ring. He's giving mommy the eyes. He's giving her the look like, damn, girl. And then it's like, hey, we missed you. We all missed you. He looked at her and was like, and it looks like we got a new tribal chief right here on Monday Night Raw who might have bigger balls than Roman Reigns. Priest said he was tired of hearing Jay talk. Priest was about to step up, and Dom's like, no. I'll take care of him. Crowd booed loudly as Dom couldn't speak. Dom tried to speak, but we couldn't hear what he was saying. Jay was amused by all this, and the crowd was like, Whoop his ass. Whoop his ass. Whoop his ass. Jay then super kicked Dom, but was decked from behind by J.D. McDonough. Jay started to fight, but was knocked down by Dom. But Rhodes then came out to make the save. Jay handed out super kicks, and uh, and Rhodes gave Dom's a crossroads. Adam Pierce then came out and made it official for the pay-per-view this Saturday. It will be Damian Priest and Finn Balor defending the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships against Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes. So, are these fake injuries to Dom or to Damien and um, Finn then, if they know for sure they're going to be good to go by Saturday? I mean, I'm sure they will. Because I know they they stated Becky should be fine by next Monday. Hers is just stitches need to heal, and they don't really heal in two days when you get 11 of them. But we don't know what the injuries are to Dom or to Damien and Finn. They just stated. I mean, I don't think they would have announced the title match for Saturday if right. If like these they're saying these fake injuries won't be good to go by like let's say next week. Exactly. What would you think of the whole segment itself? Other than the whole like still making like Jay as like a tag guy. Everything else was perfect, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah, so you use Nia and Shayna, basically, not to have a match, but to get Rhea out there. I like that. I like that being the setup. 
We don't have to watch a Nia Jax match. And then we get to see Mommy. So, all good. But, all this did go 30 minutes, and we didn't get our first match until 5.30 p.m. Pacific. So, it was a long 30-minute opening segment. I will say that. But, it didn't feel that long, which was weird. It didn't feel like that was 30 minutes of this show. I don't know if it felt like that to you or not, but... Um... I mean, it felt a little long, but other than that, so yeah. we got our first match of the night. It's Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanna Vinci against Chad Gable and Otis. And we'll talk about it when we get there. I thought this match was like a precursor to what we were going to see with the main event. And I thought like the main event would end with like, again, it's Imperium, Alpha Academy, and Champa. That's not what we got. We got so much better. So the story was Vinci trying but failing to do his part of for Imperium until he finally came through in the end. It's like, why do they keep making Javon and Vinci look like such a big goob? Like, they just make him look like somebody that we shouldn't care about. Somebody that is just crap, basically. He sucks. So why is he even still in the group? They're making this guy look like he's like such a weak link where yes. he's like getting the blame for all their for all their failures. Yep. Um, King, uh, King Aqua Wrestling in the YouTube chat. He says, Raw turned off right before Johnny and Ciampa super kick once Imperium. Well, it's not a super kick. It's called the meet in the middle, and that's not WWE's fault. Well, maybe a little bit, but USA Network cut when they were supposed to cut. Something went long or somebody came out late. Whether the main event went long or Johnny came out late, we don't know, but if you go to social media, WWE posted the whole thing on there. So go to Twitter. Or X, whatever you want to call it. Anyways, uh, Gable was in complete control for the first few minutes of this match, and Otis tried assisting Gable on a dive over the top, but they didn't connect properly. Gable just sort of fell straight down, and Vinci did his best to catch him. Um, Imperium was in control over Gable after a break, and there was like no explanation now they took control. Gable fought back and made the hot tag to Otis. Kaiser wanted to tag, but was displeased find that Vinci was absent from the apron. Gable had pulled him off. Otis then went to kiss, went to town on Kaiser, and Vinci tried to make the save, but Otis easily press-slammed him down. Otis went for the caterpillar and tried a little middle, middle rope fallaway slam, but Vinci grabbed Otis by the leg. This allowed Kaiser to fall over onto Otis. Gable then wiped out Vinci with the cannonball, and Kaiser hit Otis with a running enziguri and pinned him to pick up the victory. So there we go. Imperium beats Alpha Academy. What do you think of the match? I mean, it was a good match, but I was a little shocked that Imperium got the victory. I mean, to me, but, to me, I thought it could have gone either way and didn't make a difference. Well, I thought it was, I thought Alpha Academy was going to win because I thought they were going to try to continue to make like Chad Gable right. so like a big singles guy, right? And I thought with him being like such a big singles guy, it should be like no problem for him to get like a to win an attack match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keep him keep him strong, which he looked good in the match, but again, yeah, he did lose. So we get a recap of Becky Lynch retaining the NXT Women's Championship over Tiffany Stratton in an Extreme Rules match in No Mercy. This match was so good. I loved this match. I'm going to say right now, Tiffany Stratton, like when I said Rhea Ripley may be like the best right now, Tiffany's going to be that in like a year and a half, if not even that. By the end of next year, 
Tiffany Stratton may be the top female in WWE. She's picking this up so fast. She's just so crisp. Like that match on Saturday, she looked so good. There was one time when Becky had to like save her a little bit once or twice, but it wasn't that bad. And so it's like, give her another year, year and a half, and she's going to be one of the top females in the company, not just by the way she's booked, but because of her work. Like she's going to be one of the best workers, talkers in this company, if not in all of, you know, wrestling for females. She might be one. I, I can see it right now. By 2025, Tiffany Stratton is going to be a top five female wrestler in the entire world. Uh, I remember her in an interview saying that, like, once she, like, goes up to the main roster, she doesn't want to be, like, one of those women just doing, like, this or that. Like, she wants to be, like, one of the top, though, like, like, like immediately when she goes up to the oh, main roster. She said her inspiration is to be like Charlotte Flair. She said that. She wants to be the and, like, next Charlotte Flair, but better. And do you remember when she first debuted in NXT? Like, her gimmick was, like, I'm daddy's little princess and stuff. Slowly, slowly, slowly started to get away from that, and I like it. And I remember there was, like, a report saying the reason why they had to, like, get rid of that gimmick because, like, WWE couldn't really find, like, a daddy for her. Like, like oh, I don't know that. On-screen television daddy. Yeah, that would have been dumb. I remember. But, like, I like her new gimmick right yes. now. yes. Highlight her gymnastics background and let her do all that kind of stuff in the ring. Like when she did that handspring elbow through the barricade on the outside to Becky. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Her swanton. She may have the best moonsault and the best swanton in the business. As far as like her extension and just being able to just be perfectly still while flipping. and like Her swanton and her, her moonsault, probably one of the best, if not the best in the business. I'm going to say it. But then that's because of her gymnastics background. And there's a number of females right now in NXT that have a gymnastics background that it's actually benefiting them. Kalani Jordan's another one who she hasn't been doing this for long, but she doesn't look bad. And they're accentuating her gymnastics background to make her do things in the ring that's, yes, new for her because she's new for rest to wrestling, but it's stuff she's been doing forever with her gymnastics. So... Kudos on WWE hiring. I think there's like three or four women they have down there in NXT with a gymnastics background, and it's working. It's really working. Uh, Sincerity in the Twitch chat says, do you think Tiffany will get called up soon? I think either... I think she'll be on the main roster by next April. So no, no okay. later than right after WrestleMania. Like, if they want to keep her around to work NXT stand and deliver next year, and then that'd be like her big send-off or something. I can see that. Give her another uh, November, December, January, February, March, April. Six months in NXT. But yeah, within the next six months, I can see her being on the main roster. You think she needs more like character development? I think her in-ring work is good, but do you think she needs like more like character development i think yes not character but the one thing she needs to work on is sometimes you can tell she's remembering her lines and so she just needs to work on being more smooth on the mic that's the big problem excuse me oh that's the big problem roxanne perez has her acting is bad it's really bad like that's probably why roxanne perez probably isn't gonna get called up anytime soon yeah no because like she needs she needs like 
better promo work. Like her in-ring work is good. Like higher ups even like praised yeah. her for how good her in-ring work is, but she just needs like better work on her promos. I keep referencing it, and it was like three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago now, on NXT, there was a segment in the women's locker room where there was just a bunch of different women, and you can tell that it was like, you say your line, now you say your line, now you say your line, and it just came off like a entry-level high school drama class working on their first play they're going to put on. So... And I don't know if that's the way they were directed to do it, and that's why it came off like that, but it just didn't come off good, and Roxanne was one of them. She just sounded like, I got these lines, I got to say it when it's my turn, and then stop, and just let the next person go. So, uh, Michael Cole then talked about Becky Lynch not being clear tonight and said, we're going to show you something. Becky, Michael Cole goes, Becky Lynch posts on Twitter, and then WWE puts this big old graphic on the screen that says, Instagram. Becky posted on Instagram. A picture of her cut, and the cut needed 11 stitches. Yeah. Woo. That's some, like, it wasn't even pus. I don't know what it was coming out of it. It looked like fucking applesauce, but chunky applesauce. I don't know. I don't Go. think I saw that cut. Oh, I'll send it to you right now. Was it, on, it was on Instagram? I'll, I've got the link right here. Hang on. I, I'll just put it on the screen. Oh, Screw no. it. Oh, yeah. It. It looks like one of those, like, peach cups you get in, like, yes! Lunchables or something. That's what it is. That's what it is. Peach cups. Come on, Instagram. Why won't it let me yeah, load I saw, it? Yeah, I just saw it right now. Well, in, case, in case anybody else missed it, I'll pull it up. Should we put, like, a trigger warning or something? No, I don't think it's that bad. Well, actually, I can do this. Watch. So... When you go to Instagram, it does this. It says, sensitive content. This photo may contain graphic or violent content. So I'm going to do a five-second countdown. Five. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a five-second countdown, show it for 15 seconds, and then come back. So if nobody wants to see it, count to 20, and it'll be off your screen. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, yeah, click, yeah, click see photo. Oh, at the bottom. So this is the Becky Lynch injury. Now I get it. Yeah, peach cup. Peach cup coming out of her arm. So, yeah. that What the heck is, is even is that? Though? I don't even know. But that took uh, 11 stitches to close up. So I don't know. Guts and I don't know. Whatever it is. No, it, it can't be guts if it's coming out of your No, elbow. I know. I know. I just can't stop looking at it. Wanting to know what it is. What do the comments say? Hold on. Uh, someone goes, I don't think that's, this wound is supposed to look like that. Someone says, nasty wound. Hope it clears quickly. Uh, not quick enough for Raw, though. So, yeah. Yeah, gum. Tiffany got busted open in that match, too. I think she got smacked in the face with that chain when they were fighting on the stairs in the crowd. Yeah, hopefully both of them heal up quick. Oh, Tiffany, Tiffany's fine. She's going to be fine. She's, I mean, people get cut on their eyebrow all the time. They're fine. There's just a slight little laceration. Well, no, Becky's was a laceration. Tiffany's was just a slight, small cut. Anyways. Well, uh, small cuts so you can get glued together. Yeah, exactly. But Becky needed 11 stitches, and the stitches didn't heal by today. So, um, 
And I don't know when she suffered the cut. It could have been one of two spots. The steel steps, because she landed kind of weird on the steps a little bit. Or the table spot when she slid off the table. Did you see, I don't know if you noticed it, but when they showed that in slow-mo, you can see Becky basically saving Tiffany from smacking her face onto the announce desk. Because she, they're coming down, and Becky had the wherewithal to know that Tiffany was going to fly too far forward. So she wrapped her arm around Tiffany and grabbed her to hold her back. Granted, it made Tiffany hit her head on the table a little bit, but that's better than, like, falling too far forward and maybe smacking your face on the announce desk. But kudos to Becky for saving Tiffany. Uh, Adam Pierce was in the back with Tegan Knox. Informed her, you know, you just saw it on the screen. Becky's not cleared. Becky is not cleared to go. We're sorry. You'll get the match when she's ready. Knox was upset, but she understood things happen. Chelsea Green then barged in and was like, hey, I got an idea. I need to talk to you. And he's like, you see, I'm in the middle of a conversation. She's like, with who? This person? Her? She eventually told Knox that she would hope that the match actually gets canceled so she doesn't have to lose to Becky Lynch. Green said, all right, now uh, time for someone that's really championship material to speak here. Knox was like, wait, wait, wait. I have an idea. How about tonight I fight? You know, all of... Yeah. And Pierce goes, I like it. You versus her. Okay, it's official. So is that his new thing? Adam Pierce's new thing? How long has he been doing that where he's got to at the end go, it's official. Like he's got to say at the end, official. Is that like a new thing for him? He did it like three times tonight. It's, it might just be like one of those new things that he maybe he might be trying out and if fans like it, he'll keep doing it. Right. Give me one second. Baby Huey's texted me. He was at Raw tonight. He was literally like on the ramp. I know he was at the San Francisco game. He posted a video of him and Bailey together. Oh, yeah. Him and Bailey were hanging out at the San Francisco 49er game, field level, right on the field. Yeah, no. That dude's, li- that dude's living a great life. I admire him. Working there at 107.7 The Bone. Classic rock. Because uh, I texted him before WWE put the clip up. I was like, they hit the middle, meet in the middle, right? They, put, they hit it, right? And so he just texted me back now. Yeah, they did hit it. I was like, okay, well, we saw it because WWE posted the full clip afterwards. And truly did see it. Gotcha. Um, they also state that Becky Lynch will be on NXT tomorrow. So then we get Bronson Reed versus Cedric Alexander. Match goes two minutes. Not much here to even talk about. Alexander caught Reed off guard and hit a suicide dive and a flip dive. Just a minute into the match, Alexander then hit a neutralizer for a two. Reed then ram right into him with a crossbody and a senton before going for the tsunami and pinning him to pick up the victory. So there we go. Not much to it. Any thoughts? I mean, there's nothing there. <laughs> Two-minute match. Nothing really other than Cedric getting destroyed. Oh, yeah. Bronson looking good, though. Hopefully yeah. he gets more, like, like fan reactions, yeah. though, because that's mainly been his problem that now I've there's he doesn't get too many fan reactions. Give me Bronson Reed and Gunta. I've been saying that for a while. Big meaty man slap me. As what Big E would say. Well, can you call Gunter a big meaty man? Because he's slimmed it down over the last three years. He's not 
as big as he used to be. He was never like big, like a Bronson Reed or an Otis or anything. He's like, he's, he's just a tall dude, I guess, now. He's just a tall, very in-shape guy. Not jacked, but not, you know. He's not jacked, but, like, he's thinner than, like, than he's ever been. Oh, yeah, no. He's got himself in the best shape of his life over the last two, three years. Basically, like people- basically towards the end of the NXT UK run to now. Well, apparently the rumor was that Vince wanted him to get in that shape. Apparently the rumor was Vince didn't like him. Hence why he was the first one eliminated in that Survivor Series match. I think, well, Vince wanted him to lose all that weight. And then, like, when he got up to the main roster, Vince started to like him. That makes sense. And then there was, then, like, once Triple H took over, there were reports saying that Vince got a sour taste of Gunther and he was set to bury him. Huh. I know Russell Votes tweeted about it. Yeah. I vaguely remember that, but yeah. Uh, Bang says, give us Omos. Uh, how about <laughs> no? Oh, I mean, Johnny's last match was against Omos. It was the house show match. Maybe that's the foreshadowing. Well, I don't know. Because Omos actually did some stuff with Cody recently, too. So Drew McIntyre let Adam Pierce know that he was not going to do Miss TV tonight. He did it last week, and the fans deserve something else. Pierce said that Miz requested it, but McIntyre didn't care. McIntyre said that he did plan on addressing the fans in the ring, but didn't want Miz out there. Said if he did come out, Miz was going to regret it. Pierce asked if McIntyre was doing all right, because he seems a little off recently. McIntyre wondered if Pierce thought that he was doing the, quote, right thing the last few weeks. McIntyre didn't recall anyone doing the, quote, right thing when he was being beaten down many weeks by the bloodline. Basically, it's like, no one used to come save me. Why should I come save them? Which, he's not wrong at all. No, he, he, really, he really isn't. Like, when he was doing stuff with Roman during, like, that Clash of the Castle time. Right. No one really came out to save him. No. We were always, we were always saying it at the time. Why ain't Drew got any friends? Drew got no friends to come save him. Well, if they weren't going to help him, he's not going to help them. Well, I think the reason why they didn't they didn't have anyone save him because I feel like they just had like so many guys like like busy with their own storyline stuff. Right, right, of course. So they probably just so they probably just couldn't find anyone to like help out Drew around yeah. that time. Because yeah, thing like Sheamus was having a rivalry with Gunther, so you couldn't really do brawling brutes to help him out. Uh, I'm trying to think of other tag teams around that time that could have helped. I mean, it could have been anybody, but it. Oh, well, I mean, he's not wrong. It's justified. No one ever helped me, so why should I help them? Like, it wasn't, like, their intention, but it's like, let's go back in the archives and try to figure something out for him. Yeah. And, and bring it up. It's just, like, it's good timing, really. So then when they show us, because, you know, they're in San Jose, California, they show us the San Francisco 49ers are ringside. George Kittle is there wearing a Shawn Michaels T-shirt and a Christian McCaffrey hat. There were some other San Francisco 49ers, but I couldn't tell who they were. Yeah, they didn't really like show the names of those guys. Yeah, I, I, I know who George Kittle is. Trust me. I know who George Kittle is. Everyone in wrestling should know George Kittle. He wrestled The Miz this year at WrestleMania. Well, no. He helped Pat McAfee wrestle The Miz at WrestleMania. But, yeah. But George Kittle's got a very distinguished, like a recognizable and, like, 
unique look to him. Also, I think he's been doing like Domino's commercials recently too. And then we have the uh, Gunter Maso Champa contract signing. This was good. I like Gunter coming out wearing the suit. Gives me a James Bond. I'm going to be an assassin kind of vibe. Like, I'm better than you. So, uh, yeah. Champa just wore Champa clothes. Champa complained to Gunther about not being given the same opportunities as him. Guys like him are served roadkill and are expected to turn it into filet. Champa demanded that Gunther look at him as he speaks to him. Gunther wasn't amused. Champa said that he planned on winning the title. He's dreamed of winning since he was five years old. His entire family would be there at ringside, but he wouldn't be fighting for them. He would be fighting for the five-year-old boy inside of him, and he would fight for his entire, with his entire heart at the end of the night. He would be the Intercontinental Champion. Champa then signed the contract and said, Sign it now. He also said, Why don't we do this match tonight? So Gunther said that this contract he was signing was for the most important title in all of pro wrestling. But Champa showed, showed up undressed or underdressed. Gunther respected Champa's noble motives. Gunther also fought for what he thought was near and dear to him. What meant most to him was his Intercontinental Championship and being the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Champa then said, with all that confidence, why don't we have this match right here tonight in San Jose, California? Gunther then warned Champa to never interrupt him again. And so Champa interrupted him once more, saying, sign the contract, let's make it happen. Um, Champa, no, no, uh, Gunther wanted to see Champa prove it first, so he did sign the contract. Pearson said, all right, well, uh, you, you, you sure, Gunther? And Gunther's like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. He's like, all right, tonight, in our main event, but you two for the Intercontinental title. Gunther then shoved Champa, so Champa leaps up, jumps on the table, jumps off the table, onto Gunther. Then at one point, a desk chair goes flying into Gunther's face. Champa puts him in the Sicilian stretch, and Gunther was able to escape unscathed. I love this segment. I thought this was great. What did you think? Originally, I thought like it was going to lead to Champa just like shoving the table at, at Gunther. That's what I thought was going to happen. No, when he jumped on the table, I was like, oh boy, this is going down. I thought it was going to be like one of those things where like he grabs, he like gets the table and just flips on top of Gunther and Gunther just falls over and, and Ciampa just starts beating the crap out of him. But right. this worked out just as good. Yep. So this is great. This is fantastic. And it set up our tremendous main event. So the next match we did have was Xavier Woods versus Ivar in an eight minute match with Kofi Kingston on commentary. He swiveled his hips in Wade Barrett's direction because he was talking trash about fantasy football, among other things. But Woods and, and Ivar, really good match. Woods drop-kicked Ivar into the side of the ring ahead of the break. And when we come back, Woods was on the offense and got Ivar on his shoulders. The crowd popped as Woods dropped him with what was effectively like a sit-out Death Valley driver. Woods tried powerbombing Ivar off the top rope, but Ivar fell right on top of him. Ivar tried to splash, but Woods avoided it. Woods followed the soon up after with a roll-up and picked up the victory. So not much to it, but what they did do was really good. And Woods did win. After the match, Kingston loudly gloated. 
to Wade Barrett, but he quickly hit the ring soon upon seeing Ivar attacking Woods. Ivar fought off both men, laid him down, and hit him with the or hit Ivar, uh, yeah, Ivar powerbomb Kofi onto Woods, and then did the moonsault, and the crowd chanted, "Holy shit!" Ah, Eric being gone is bad because Ivar is going to get so over that the fans are going to want to see him as a singles guy. They've been doing a lot of singles stuff with like Viking Raiders. Well, yeah, well, it was because Eric's Eric's hurt right now and can't get cleared, so it's got to be just Ivar fighting New Day every week. Because next week it's him and Kofi again, because they're stretching this out till Eric's cleared, and they ain't got Riddle anymore either. Well, I think I don't really know how Riddle would like. Mesh into this though, right? Well, now. no, it, it would work because the whole thing was the Viking Raiders kept attacking the New Day and Riddle and McIntyre. So you can still have Riddle at least in there somewhere. Wanting to like help the New Day and stuff. Um, oh, 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 also, I do like Michael Cole saying, Well, suddenly this has become a bad day for Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. I like that line. They should do more references like that. Right? Because it ain't a new day. No, it wasn't. There was a video package for Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura before out did come Seth Rollins to be interviewed by Michael Cole. I wish this was more of a sit-down interview because the preview for it said sit-down interview. This would have been better if they were like in the back, sit-down interview, that whatever. This is kind of just... Weird. I mean, it's Seth. You want him in front of the crowd, playing up to the crowd. So Michael Cole just kind of had to, like, be there. Which was, it was just all kind of weird. It worked, but Cole interviewed Rollins in the ring. Rollins was happy to see Cole and put him over as the voice of the WWE. Cole mentioned that, you know, I've watched you come up in this business. I've watched you as far as I've called most of your matches and giving you most of your nicknames, including the Manipulator and the Puppeteer. But now... It looks like you may the, be the puppet of Shinsuke Nakamura. Rollins couldn't believe he said that and was confident about his match coming up this weekend. Cole wondered if Rollins knew what he was actually doing, though. He mentioned the dangers of a last man standing match, saying you've never been in a last man standing match, which isn't true. He fought Ro- Roman twice in, like, 2015 on, a house, on house shows. In last man standing matches. There was a house show loop weekend one time where they did back-to-back nights of last man standing matches. So no, he's never done last man standing on TV, but he has done them at house shows. Against Roman. Like right after he turned on the bloodline. Anyways. Um, he said, do you know the dangers of last man standing match, especially with the poor condition of your back? He said Rollins' back was hanging on by a thread. And asked why him why he was putting himself through this. Again, if his back is that bad, why wasn't it bad when he was facing Finn and AJ for the world title earlier this year? What did Nakamura do to almost break his? I don't know the the back stuff. I wish it didn't just come out of nowhere so quickly. I wish they would have like slowly built up the back stuff. Like it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Like yeah, my back is hurting me. Oh my God, it's now it's worse because of this. Oh, it's worse because of this. Nakamura gave him a Kinsasha to the face and all of a sudden his back hurts. Like his back is debilitating. I don't know. 
Rollins asked Cole how long he'd been doing commentary. Cole said 26 years. The crowd cheered. Rollins said, well, then you understand that it's a passion. It's all about passion for what you love to do. Rollins said that Cole gets it. It's also because you're addicted to it. You love it. This, that's what it was like for him in the ring in front of the people doing what he does. Rollins said it's an honor. It's his responsibility. It's his duty. The ring has given him everything. A roof over his head, food on his table, a wife, a baby girl. Now that he's the champion, the responsibilities are amplified. If Fastlane was his last ride, then it doesn't matter. What mattered was that he left it all out on the line in the ring so he could be an example for his daughter. He didn't have the words to explain it. It was a feeling, and he feels it right now. Nakamura then appears on the screen in a pre-taped video by speaking in Japanese, subtitles in English. Rollins is watching, and all of a sudden from behind, Nakamura attacks and lays him out with a Kinsasha to the back of the head. There we go, and the video is still playing. The video is still playing. Nakamura then begins to count to 10. Rollins gets up at 7. Real-life Nakamura attacks him repeatedly with a steel chair. Video Nakamura continues playing. Real-life Nakamura then just sat there and watched as Rollins got to his feet at 9. Nakamura attacked again and gave him a backbreaker on the chair before hitting another Kinsasha. Real-life Nakamura quickly counted to 10 with Rollins down and held up the world belt. I'm going to say right now, Nakamura ain't winning, but he came off as a bona fide main eventer in this segment. Nakamura looked great. Seth too, but Seth always does. I thought this was a very strong segment for the go-home show. This was what you need to do on a go-home show right here. Make the challenger look strong as if the champion may not be able to beat the challenger. And then Seth can go in there and do what he does to win on Saturday. What did you think of the whole segment? I mean, the segment was good, but like my whole thing was like, I didn't, I didn't really think much of it because like it's the same thing they've been doing. True, with Shinsuke and Seth every week. So that's why I was like, I originally that. when they're doing this, I was like, oh, they're doing this again. We're like, they got Shinsuke talking on the Titantron again. But I, I will say the ending part where Shinsuke was just beating down Seth, I thought that was good. Yeah. But then we got a kind of an awkward segment. Becky shows up in a sling to talk to Tegan Knox. She's like, hey, you, you, you already know what's wrong. I can't go. But just know, as soon as I'm good, you're getting the title shot. Natty then walks up, looks at Becky, and Becky leaves. Naki, Natty, not Naki, Natty, acted impressed with Knox and said, you know, I'm proud of you. Natalia was confident that she would nail her opportunity against Lynch when it finally came. And Knox said, well, thank you. That was kind of weird. Like, all of a sudden, Natty's happy for her. Well, I mean, she... Uh, it was just kind of weird. Then we had a two-minute match. It was Tegan Knox and Chelsea Green. Natalia ran out to her music to uh, back off Piper Niven at one point. Knox then knocked Green off the top rope, hit a molly go around a shiniest wizard, and pinned her to pick up the victory. Natalia then, after the match, raised Tegan Knox's arm in victory. And this whole time, I'm going, Natty's going to attack her. Natty's going to attack her. Natty didn't attack her. Okay, never mind. I literally thought this was going to lead to Natty fake being happy for her and then being like, oh, yeah, no, and then give her the clothesline and beat her down or something. I don't know. That was it. What'd you think? 
Natchez, okay. I feel there's like nothing there. just there. Yeah. So, McIntyre enters. We go to break. Come back from break, and Byron Saxon's in the back interviewing Jay Uso. Jay was happy to be teaming with Rhodes if it meant fighting Judgment Day and fighting for the tag titles. That was about it. Let me go to Drew. Drew's in the ring. McIntyre said that he didn't know an explanation to anybody in the back. He only answers to the fans. The fans have been with him through his ups, his downs, his firings, and his title wins. The truth was that he was going to stop being the savior and stop getting involved in other people's fights that he didn't start. Must have been listening to Carl frickin' Anderson because AJ didn't. He said, hey, AJ, don't get involved in Judgment Day stuff because it ain't our business. Well, that's what Drew's saying. If it ain't my business, I don't need to be involved. He said that he's been doing it for years and now showing up to fights at less than 100%. So it's done. He's not going to do that anymore. McIntyre hasn't been making the save, but neither has anybody else, and called them all hypocrites. Rhodes didn't make the save, but Rhodes did make the save, but he was just cleaning up his own mess from bringing Jay here. Rhodes forgiving Jay was a weakness, not a strength. Miz then interrupts. Miz didn't forgive McIntyre for what he did to him last week, for canceling his show this week, telling him to shut up, and McIntyre then said, shut up, Miz. Miz said that he was looking out for McIntyre, but he told him to shut up again. McIntyre told him to shut up again, and the crowd said, shut up, Miz, shut up, Miz. McIntyre then knew that Miz wanted to be the bad guy. Maybe attack Rollins and take his belt. Screw Jay at Fastlane. McIntyre wasn't the kind of guy. Wasn't that kind of guy though. He racked up wins and earned title shots. McIntyre felt like getting another win right now on the Miz, unless his balls were too tiny and the crowd chanted "tiny balls." Miz then said that he wasn't dressed for a match. Miz said, "I'm in a suit and you're wearing a skirt." He said. He wasn't the Batman of WWE. He was the Two-Face. Uh, Miz acted like a child and said, I don't shut up. I grow up. And when I look at you, I throw up. McIntyre then called Miz an idiot. Miz said, my mom, Mama Miz, told me, to, told me that the bigger man would walk away from a fight. And so he tried to leave. When McIntyre turned his back, Miz then turned back around in the ring and hit McIntyre with a microphone. McIntyre hammered away at Miz until officials stepped in and stopped Drew from basically killing the Miz. We then ended up getting a four-minute match, Miz and Drew McIntyre. But with that, what did you think of the Drew-Miz segment before the match? I mean, the only thing I really got out of it was just Drew telling to shut up. Yeah. Um, Jonathan says they did a shut up Miz shirt. No way, did they? Shop.wwe.com. Did they really? Let's go check really fast. Did they really do a shut up Miz shirt? Um, yeah, they did. Ooh, I like it. Let's pull it up on the screen. Oh, I see it. Oh, shut up, Miz. I like it. It's simple and to the point. Cool. $30 shirt. That's cheaper. Well, 30 plus shipping. $40 for every shirt at No Mercy. Every single shirt was 40 bucks. Last time we went to a live event, they were $30. 
Well, some were 30, some were 35. Now, they were all 40. I mean, when I was at a live event, like, the WWE Championship was only, like, 200. It was, well, the NXT belt was 399. And I saw at least five people buy it. Because I saw people walking around with it in the little, like, case thing and in a bag. Like, plastic, here, you bought this bag kind of thing. But, yeah. I saw at least five people walking around with them had, had having just bought them. So I don't know how many they had there to sell, but they sold at least five. So that's 400 times five is, do the math, 400 times five. That's like two grand right there. Was it like one of those like like zipper-like cases that they normally like keep in those? Like so, yeah, they had, belt? Well, they had the belt in that, and then they had... You know how like they'll just give you a bag with a handle for all your stuff? It was kind of like that, but it was long enough to fit the title in it with the title in the zipper bag, the little zipper case thing. So, because the guy like two seats next to me bought one. Uh, Bang says, so Tim, were you able to find the stand? Saw the tweet, you couldn't find one. Well, yeah, if you see, I eventually found it and I posted a picture of all the t-shirts that they had for sale. Also, didn't know till later, they had the souvenir cups at the WWE merch booth, not at the actual... Because usually when I go to a WWE show, the souvenir cup is at concessions. It wasn't this time, so I didn't... I got a regular cup, just a Pepsi cup, whatever. But then I, when I looked back at the picture when we were doing the No Mercy review, I realized that is where the souvenir cup were was. And I'm like, damn it! Because I wanted one. I never normally get concessions like when we have a WWE event. Normally, I don't really get anything to eat or drink. If I get something to drink, I'll just get a water bottle. Yeah, we just got sodas because we went and got McDonald's. Well, it was a two-hour drive. As soon as we got to Bakersfield, we stopped in McDonald's, got lunchish, early early dinner, lunchish, whatever, because we ate at like 12.30 before we left, got there around 2.45, 3 o'clock, and then... um. Yeah, we went to McDonald's really quick and then went to the building. Yeah, normally I don't really eat anything at, at WWE events. If I I'll just if I get something to drink, it's just like just a, a standard water bottle. Yeah. Well, I mean, my daughter drank her drink so fast. I don't know. She had to go pee five times within the first half of the show. But um and we were in the middle of the aisle. Usually with the kids, I try to get the outside, but I waited too long to get tickets, and so there was no outside with three um, seats together. There's like two blank blank one, or two blank one, or just two, no threes together. I was like, ah, crap. We got to get the middle of the aisle. I knew it was going to be bad, and it was bad because <laughs> that place was jam-packed. Only seats available were the upper deck. Um, we ended up having a four-minute match. Drew McIntyre versus The Miz. McIntyre set up for the Claymore kick, but stopped. And instead, grabbed his sword. The ref grabbed it. And this was after The Miz tried to remove the turnbuckle pad. So, McIntyre removed the turnbuckle pad. He then drove Miz's head right into the exposed buckle, hit the future shock DDT, and pinned him to pick up the victory. McIntyre then cut a sarcastic promo after the match, taking a shot at uh, Rhodes and Jay, saying, quote, I've done some serious thinking, and I'm not the same guy I was 30 seconds ago. 
I'm sorry for my actions. And now that I'm, if I've said sorry, I'm automatically forgiven. Yeah. He drops the mic and the crowd almost didn't know how to respond to that because it was kind of weird. What did you think of the match and then Drew's little line afterwards? I mean, it was a short match. Nothing really to it. Yeah. The line afterwards is kind of weird. Again, he said, I've done some serious thinking, and I'm not the same guy I was 30 seconds ago. I'm sorry for my actions, and now that I've said sorry, I'm automatically forgiven. Yeah? So, that was kind of weird. It's it's basically a sign that's saying he's going to turn heel soon. Oh, boy, is he. Oh, yeah. So My biggest question is, like, when are they finally going to pull the trigger where he's, like, a full-on heel? Yeah. I know they keep, they keep teasing he's going to turn heel, and everybody knows he is, but it's like, all right. When are they actually going to, like, pull the trigger? When they're ready for him to face Cody one-on-one. I think that's what it's going to be, him and Cody. Maybe him and Cody is Saudi. Cody needs something for, for Crown Jewel. Uh, I don't know about that, but eh, maybe. I don't know. So Maybe Drew him versus Cody at Saudi, then, like, Drew versus somebody at a Survivor Series. Right. Jackie Redman interviews the brand-new NXT North America champion, Trick Williams. Williams said it was a pleasure to meet her and introduce himself to the crowd here on Monday Night Raw. He said, I'm six foot four, 240 pounds of muscle. I got gold in my ears, gold on my wrist, and most importantly, gold around my waist. He said he's the new NXT North American champion and would defend this title tomorrow against Dirty Dom. This is when Dom would approach with both Rhea and JD McDonough. Williams said that he was acting tough now because you got your mommy by your side, huh? Ripley then told him, just, just don't worry about it. Tomorrow, Dom will be there, but he ain't coming to NXT alone. So, yeah. I think, I think it's not Judgment Day that helps Dom get this belt back tomorrow. I think Carmelo screws trick. I think Carmelo's jealous that he's got the North American title and Carmelo doesn't have any belt. So he's going to screw trick out of the belt. And then he's going to go on and go, you can't be a champion when I'm, like, if I'm fantasy booking it, I would do it with, like, he screws him out of the title, and then Trick asks him why you do it, and he tells Trick something along the lines of, I made you, you'd be nothing without me, you were my sidekick, and you can't have a title if I don't have a title, and this, I don't know, just fantasy booking. But I have a feeling something's going to go down, because if you, if you know... The original plan for No Mercy was for Dom to beat Mustafa Ali. So Dom was never supposed to drop the belt. So Dom, if you go with whatever was actually originally planned, Dom should still technically be the champ, so they got to get the belt back on him. What do you think? Originally, I thought it was going to be like Trick turning on Carmella, basically saying... You know, I won the title all by myself, and I had to help you, like, retain your title a lot back when you were North American champion, right. so. Well, no, and then Trick can do the whole thing. Uh, you only beat Ilya Dragunov because of me. When I wasn't there, you lost. Which is true. Okay, Columbia, he says, I think either Carmelo screws Trick somehow, or maybe this is how they introduced Jade. How would this have anything to do with Jade? Why? And I, and I don't hope this sounds offensive because she's black and they're black. Is that the reason you think Jade can be involved? Because they're the same race? 
Like, how does this, how does this and would this have anything to do with Jade at all? That makes no sense. Anyways, Cody Rhodes comes out. Well, actually, Jackie Redman announces. And my guess that this time, as she's up on the stage, Cody, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. She asks if... Actually, sorry to cut you off Go here. for it, go for it. What if Trick loses because he might have lost it because Rhea was there? And then maybe Trick turns heel on uh, Carmelo, basically saying, where were you? Maybe. But, but, no, 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 no. Because if you, did you see the very, very, very end of No Mercy after the women's title match? Uh, I did not, know. So we didn't see this live in the building. I had to go back and find it. The, the show ends, but then they cut to the back, and it's Trick, and it's Mello. And Mello is congratulating Trick. Well, he already did, but he kind of was again. And the whole time, he's just staring straight at the North American title, not even caring about Trick, just looking dead right at the belt. So this is basically so I think a consolation prize for uh, Carmelo Hayes then. Well, no, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be Carmelo going after the North American title. I think he's going to screw Trick out of the belt, and that's how Dom gets it back. And then that leads to a Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams feud in NXT that could maybe even lead to Trick beating Melo on Melo's way up to the main roster. Because you know in WWE, they like to have whoever's leaving NXT take the loss in the feud. Oh, yeah. That's how they've always been. Yeah. So if maybe Carmelo's... Because Carmelo said something recently about Shawn Michaels told him he's not ready to leave NXT and go to the main roster yet because he has a couple other little things to do to finish building the house he's building in NXT. And what if that house, to finish it up, is to put over Trick? I could see that being the thing. He's going to have this feud with Trick and then come to the main roster. My biggest question is, like, what... How do they use Carmelo Hayes on the main roster, and, and uh, which brand do they put him on? SmackDown, and he goes for the U.S. title. Maybe not right off the jump, but he's in that mix. He gets put in there with, like, a Austin Theory and Grayson Waller and those guys over there. I think he's a good, he gets thrown in that mix in, on SmackDown. For some reason, I have a feeling he's going to join uh, Bobby and the Street Profits. Mm, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, but... But, I mean... People are making it seem like that way just because they had that one like yeah. scene with like Bobby and because they didn't listen to what Mello. Bobby because they didn't listen to what Bobby said the the next week. Now, if they were gonna do that, this Friday would have been the best time to do it because technically, Bobby and Street Profits need one more person. If not, then Raul Mendoza's the odd man out in the six man. You add somebody to the Street Profits and Bobby, you make a four on four. But anyways, Cody's interview. Uh, she asked Cody. She asked Rhodes if it felt like he had been backed into this tag team match against Judgment Day. Rhodes said, never imagined he'd be teaming with Jey Uso. But if it's Judgment Day were the ones that they had to defeat, then they'll do it. Rhodes has heard that Judgment Day will be at SmackDown on Friday. So maybe he and Jay need to be there as well. Rhodes said that they would win the tag titles of Fastlane and then come to Raw and make things very different. But yeah, go. Uh, 
King of Mondo said he said that's the way it's always been lazy writing and booking 100%. Uh, no, what was he talking Not about? Really. Lazy writing booking, uh, the. NXT wrestlers losing a few to go up to the main roster, I believe. That's not lazy writing booking. That's called doing the job on the way out. That's how pro wrestling's been for 50, 60, 70 years. You leave the territory, which they consider NXT and, and main roster separate. You leave the territory, you do the job on the way out. I mean, why do you think Eddie Kingston was so mad at Claudio? Because when he left um, Chikara to go to WWE, he wouldn't do the job for Eddie. He wouldn't do the right thing and put over the guy that is staying in the brand, staying in the company, staying on that roster. You put over whoever's staying there to make them look good, to make them look big to that audience. When you're gone, it don't matter if you looked good or bad. But whoever's staying needs the momentum, needs to be good, needs to look good, needs to be kept strong. That's why they do it. To make somebody strong in NXT when the other guy is getting basically refreshed and restarted on the main roster. That's always been in wrestling. You do the job on the way out. Whether you're going to a different brand in the same company or you're leaving that company and going to another whole different company. You do the job on the way out. Like they did that for Jaden. AEW. Yeah. She was on her way out and she lost to Chris Statlander uh -huh. to make Chris Statlander look good exactly. on Jay's way out. So we have some stuff announced. Actually, no, no, no. I skipped an Alpha Academy segment. Uh, Otis apologized to Chad Gable for losing. Gable said that he didn't have to apologize because he could never be disappointed in his number one guy. The only thing he was disappointed in was the clowns who kept cheating against them. Gable and Gunther peaked. Now Gable said Gunther has peaked. And when you peak, everyone knows what's going to happen. Um, so then we got stuff announced for next week. Becky Lynch versus Tegan Knox for the NXT Women's title. Ivar versus Kofi Kingston in a Viking Rules match. And then Raquel Rodriguez versus Nia Jax. So there we go. Then we get a 23-minute match for the IC title. This match got plenty of time. And boy, howdy, was it fantastic. I loved this match. So early on, Chapa took the fight right to Gunther and applied the Sicilian stretch less than two minutes into the match. But Gunther made it to the ropes to break the hold as we went to the break. Believe it or not, Gunther was in control right after the break. Chapa fought out of a sleeper and applied the Sicilian stretch, but Gunther escaped yet again. Gunther chopped Chapa and slammed him on the apron ahead of a second break. They exchanged chops until Gunther placed Chapa on the top rope, chopped him, and booted him to the floor. Champa avoided a chop outside the ring, and Gunther chopped the announce desk. He sold it big. He sold his whole arm. Champa then dropped him with a flying knee and attacked the arm. Gunther used this, or used his other arm to hit a chop, but Champa caught him and dropped him with a DDT. Champa then kicked at Gunther's hurt arm and stomped his head. Champa went for the running knee, but Gunther dropped him with a drop kick for a two. Gunther couldn't hit a powerbomb because of his injured arm. So Ciampa hit a reverse DDT and a running knee strike for a close near fall. Gunther then blocked a fairy tale ending before chomp chopping Ciampa and dropping him as it on his head with a suplex. Ciampa applied a Sicilian stretch again, but Gunther eventually got a rope break. 
Champa fired up with chops, but Gunther chopped him in response. Champa blocked the chop, but Gunther caught him and hit two consecutive power bombs. He then put a sleeper hold on Champa. Champa passed out, and the referee called for the match to end. So there we go. Champa passed out. Vinci and Kaiser run down. Put the boots to Champa. Champa was getting saved. Champa was getting saved by Johnny wrestling. Johnny comes out, makes the save, and then the show cuts off and goes to LA Fire and Rescue. But thankfully, WWE posted the whole clip on social media. We can go back and see they hit the meat in the middle on Vinci. Vinci takes the meat in the middle, and this crowd is going nuts. I think even at one point, um, one of the commentary, I, couldn't, I, I don't remember who, yelled, DIY is on Raw. And then uh, it was Michael Cole. Yes, yes, yes. Michael Cole yelled that. And Wade mentioned that, hey, Johnny Gargano, Ciampa's been looking for him on social media. But yes, Johnny Gargano is back. DIY has reunited, and oh boy, am I excited to see where this goes. What do you think of this segment and this match? Well, the match and then the post-match. All right, so first the match. Match was really good. Obviously, best match of the night. Oh, yeah. Probably best match we've seen like in the past week or two. But the post-match, I am... I'm so excited that Johnny's back. Like, I don't know if I got if I told you this, but Johnny Gargano, right, is like one of my favorite wrestlers in the current day nice. of wrestling. And they're gonna do so so much like good stuff with DIY oh, yeah. now. Give me DIY versus KO and Sammy. Ooh boy. Please give me I know I know we can't do DIY versus Usos right now, but that would have been great. That would have been great, but, but I'd right, say your best best go. thing right now is KO and Sammy versus DIY. You got that. You got the Viking Raiders. You got the New Day. I mean, there's so many options. Alpha Heel, Academy. Heel Street Profits. Yeah. Heel Street Profits. That's Alpha, a good one. Alpha Academy, if they want to go that route. Like, so many good matches that they can be doing right now. I mean, them versus Judgment Day, whether it's Damien and Finn or Damien and um, um, Dom. Like Chapa, so. he's been like fighting for like to bring back DIY. Even I think even last week, he even there's a little kid that told him like, like please please bring back DIY, and he's yeah. saying like I'm trying. Yeah. So that was at the LA show, and it was Ryan Satin was sitting there, and he said that the kid sitting next to him asked Chompa that during a commercial, and he's like I'm trying. Basically, Chompa didn't want to tell him, but was like give it a week. So, oh boy, was that good. Was that a great way to end the show? Now, unfortunately, it seems like one of two things happened. Either A, the match went long, or Johnny ran out a moment too late. Because they did have to end up cutting there at the end of the show. We didn't see the meat in the middle on the broadcast, but you can go back and find it on their social media. So, overall, I thought this was one of the better Raws we've gotten in a while. This was a really good Monday Night Raw. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, any last thoughts? Uh, not really. Oh, actually, I, I think the reason why they had to cut it short because 
maybe it was like Gunther waited so long to like get back backstage because they were waiting for like Gunther to get backstage so that way if Johnny came out they wouldn't have like Gunther trying to stop them. Right. They didn't want Johnny and Gunther running past each other, I bet. So I don't know if like like I said, I don't know if something went long or that they had to wait on Johnny to run out there. But I'd say it's, it was either the Gunther one or maybe something went long. Yeah. So with that, you guys know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw. As far as the polls do go, the Twitch poll, everybody liked it. Everybody that voted liked the show. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 73 per, 72% liked the show. 12% thought it was just all right. And 14% didn't like it. One of the comments here was, it was ass. Yeah, you're ass. Uh, this person here, or this uh, YouTube community poll. 76% liked it. 17% thought it was just all right. And 7% didn't like it. Some of the comments say, started with action right away. Proper move. And with an excellent showing from Ciampa and Gunther. In between, there were good mic segments and a great setup for Nakamura Rollins too. One of the better shows of late. Very true. This one said, not too shabby, 8 out of 10. Another 8 out of 10. Versus a 7 out of 10. And this same person that comments bad every week, I'm going to read their comment, and 10 out of 10. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 70% liked the show. 25% thought it was just all right. And 5% did not like it. So with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up here. I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we'll be back, or I'll be back at least live Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. But Luke, tell me where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter X at Petkey underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. I want to read this one in the chat really fast. Elite Tiss says, please shows why DIY was the best thing in NXT golden era. So Johnny Gargano and Ciampa were the best things in NXT, whether they were together, separate, or fighting each other. Like, I think Ciampa's the greatest NXT champion we've ever had, but Johnny is the greatest wrestler to ever be in NXT. Because Johnny was putting on just great matches with everybody over and over and over. But Ciampa, I think, was the best champion they ever had in NXT. So, And then together they were better? DIY, and they were just freaking amazing. You think he was a better champion than Adam Cole? Yeah, I do. I do. I thought Adam Cole was just doing some of God's work down there. But I think overall, Ciampa and his character work he was doing was just above Adam Cole. I thought Adam Cole and Undisputed Era was phenomenal. They were like one of my favorite things in wrestling at the time. But Ciampa is the champion with Goldie. Another level. I, thought, I think that was another level ahead. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your night. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.